Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome back to A Matter of Truth. We are in episode 31, and today I'm here with Alex. What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, hey what's happening, man? Not a whole lot. We're at it again. It's, we're getting better. Yeah, we are getting better. Yeah. It's like uh, instead of once every 12 months, it's like once every three weeks, every four other, weeks now. Every other month. We're getting yeah. it. <laughs> we'll eventually, you know, when we started this platform, we were doing two episodes a month for a long time. Yeah, we were. And, and then, you know, like it's in the way I took a ministry job and it, it like last year was just, you know, one of those like dark clouds that sits over this show because I feel like we, we could have had so much good content last year, but we are here now and we've got uh topics galore coming your way. Yeah. And I, and I really hope, that you guys enjoy kind of the refreshment of this show. And and I think um, I'll let Anthony introduce the topic, but we've got a whole variety. We've been talking early pre-show about things that we want to cover in the you know future. And we've got a couple of big topics we're going to hammer on again. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, we have some stuff in the queue that I think will be enjoyable and hopefully it would be edifying that we look forward to recording. Let's, Let's get right back into it then. Uh, I want to talk about thinking, particularly critical thinking. We hear it all the time. Hey, you know, exercise some some thinking, some critical thinking. We hear it, you know, throughout our all of our lives in the classroom, just at work, wherever it is. And um, we are not we are not to forego using our brains, our God-given brain, uh, to think through. I mean, the, the scripture is very, very clear in in how we should approach things using using the mind that God gave us, a biblical yeah, thinking. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so critical thinking, let's just like break it down uh, to the definition. Critical thinking is the analysis of facts to form a judgment. The subject is complex. Several different definitions exist, okay? And we know that, uh, which is generally includes rational, skeptical, unbiased analysis and uh, or 
elevation of factual evidence. Um, it presupposes assent to rigorous standards of excellence and mindful command of their use. It entails effective communications and problem-solving abilities, as well as a commitment to overcome this right here, native egocentricism. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that, you know, the egocentricism and, and what that means. It's it's basically, uh, it's, you know, an egocentric person. They, they don't have the ability to differentiate between self and others. They're just so self-centered. So I thought that was really interested with, interesting with the whole, the lines of critical thinking or of, of just even using our mind, because as we navigate situations, we tend to get in our own way. We tend to bring it back to us and right. our feelings right. and, and really ego and self. And it becomes, it becomes, a th- it becomes something that gets in yeah. the way of of thinking and applying good biblical critical thinking to something that we come up against. So that's I, I kind of want to start off there and just see kind of where the conversation right. leads right. from here. You know, and and this uh, this topic kind of revolves around a lot of different facets. Uh, so you know, we'll dig into some of the biblical constructs and things like that. Absolutely. But- I've noticed I'm taking a class this semester on ethics Mm -hmm. and I've, I've noticed how, um, how humanistic it, it it tries to be in the essence that it's trying to look for a philosophical explanation to, uh, to, you know, to, to morality. And, and, and in the long run, there's really, um, you know, it tries to usurp itself, like ethics tries to uh, overthrow religion and critical thinking and things like that, because you're, it leaves it to be um, more subjective and, uh, you know, truth is my own truth. I can, I can determine and do whatever I want and yada, yada, yada. And so it tries to take the place of or be better or have more answers than just standard religion. But at the end of it all, Christianity is the only religion in the history of the world that can answer all of the questions that man seeks. It's just the fact is, is man does not want to hear those answers. They want to look elsewhere and they want to have a non-religious, if you call it biases, biasism or whatever, uh, they want to find something that's going to f- tickle their ears and make them feel better. Yeah. And then, yep. and then they turn and say, well, you know, Socrates or Aristotle or whatever, uh, you know, they, they truly uh, had it right. But they took a lot of their data and borrowed it from Christians. So, I mean, it's just it's one of those things that's kind of like, again, let's put on our thinking caps and let's try to figure out what in the world is actually uh, being being demonstrated here. Yeah, you know what comes to mind is Acts seventeen eighteen. Uh, think about that that particular verse. You know, Paul debated mm-hmm. these these Greek philosophers, and he was called a babbler. And um, that you know the the gospel of Christ uh, was foolishness in comparison to the Greek worldview. You see it in First Corinthians one twenty three. Uh, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. I mean, 
you see it time and time again, and, and the reality of it is, uh, you know, Christianity, the central beliefs of Christianity are in direct, direct opposition, opposition, I'm sorry, to, yeah. to, to these types of philosophers they were, uh, and, and, and it, it continues it continues today. And that being said, you know, we get into these discussions and these arguments and they want to say, well, wait a minute, this particular this particular thing is not in Scripture. But, you know, the thing about it is you can find everything you need in Scripture. And just because God didn't specifically call out some some particular type of physics or something doesn't mean that it is not from God. It, mm-hmm. it, it, there are absolutely things in there that point to those types of things. And God gave us the minds and the knowledge to think through things and to 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 discover these types of things. Because our presupposition as Christians is God is the creator of all things. And all knowledge and all wisdom comes from God. Job 41, 11. Um, all things under, oh, wait a minute, all things, everything under the heavens belong to God. That means everything, right? Humans take, um, you know, they, they take what is meant for good and they destroy it and taint mm-hmm. it. So, you know, Jesus didn't say stop using your mind when you put faith in, in oh, me. Oh, yeah. He, he never said just, Absolutely. right. He didn't say stop thinking. If anything, we need to become um more critical in our thinking when we come up, come up to these ideologies that come from the world and from the secular worldview. That's, I mean, that's what Christ is saying. Use your mind that God gave you and, and the, the scripture that has been given to us directly from God's Mm -hmm. mouth, use Mm -hmm. it, use it to think through. But we're, we're, we're given so much more than just that. I mean, we, we know that God is the, the giver of wisdom. That's what Proverbs 2, 6 says. Uh, we know that if, if we need wisdom or we lack wisdom, then we should ask God. This is James 1, 5. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's littered all throughout this. And and I really like what Solomon writes uh, throughout the whole book of Ecclesiastes. Talk about a philosopher. And, and as much as it, we would want to think that's a doom and gloom type book, he's really cultivating this concept that, Outside of God, all things are a striving towards vanity. It's a you're, you're right. pursuing the wind. Yeah, and in God, you have purpose and meaning, and so knowledge and critical thinking become part of our essence as Christians because now we can look and say, okay, where did where did this all begin? Well, let's look at Genesis one, and in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay. Did that really happen? Well, how can we align this and say scientifically it did or didn't? We can't. That's why the Big Bang Theory is simply called a theory. A theory, right. It's a proposed line of thinking of, uh, you know, to, to get around the concept that God actually created, that there was an intelligent uh, being Designer. behind the creation of the universe. Right. Uh, because... You know, the scientists will argue that uh, the universe and all that we know, all of that is, came from nothing. So nothing created something. How is that possible? It's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. If, if that was possible, then we would be, you know, I don't know. It'd be like multiple yeah. universes and, and like different realities. And I mean, Talk about things would just continue right. to be recreating. 
<laughs> you know, you'd be walking down the road and like a soda would just appear in front of you because the problem, the probabilities of that happening are there statistically that a soda would just appear midair and say, here, oh drink me. Yeah. But nothing is created or something is never created out of nothing. Something has to have a creator. And that is where we get, you know, God to step in and say, I did all of this. And and we go to Romans 1 and we see that God reveals himself to creation through various means, you know, whether it's the glory and beauty of creation or the written law upon all of man's heart. Uh, So we have all of these pieces. Um, and, And it really what it's kind of funny is because what we see, even though the world may deem themselves to be intelligent or smart, you know, whatever it may be. They find themselves cultivating foolish lifestyles because they're pursuing yeah. something outside of the nature of God. Right. That is focused solely on themselves and their, you know, own personal achievements, their own desires, whatever it may be. Self ego. They're they're so wrapped up in that in their own little bubble. Yeah. And God turns and says, You people are fools. Mm-hmm. You have you have neglected true wisdom, true knowledge. For a lie, you have you have suppressed the truth. Paul writes that in, in Romans one. You have suppressed the truth and exchanged it for a lie. And then you know, and so it doesn't matter whether you're an astrophysicist or you're you're a you know high person up in the banking chain where you make you know a couple million dollars because you deal with you know big time bank accounts or you do huge transactions, whatever it is, you know, you're really good with money and numbers. It doesn't matter whether you, you know, are an astronomist. Uh, It doesn't matter whether you're a rocket scientist or work for NASA. If you don't have Christ in your life, you're striving after the wind. And, and really according to scripture, you are a fool. Yeah, absolutely. First Corinthians three nineteen comes to mind. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness in God's sight, as it is written. He catches the wise in their craftiness. It's it's right there. Look, the Bible was written for God's people. It was written for the believer to navigate life and to, to the good news and navigate mm-hmm. us through life okay so throughout scripture it, it talks about god talks about the role of thinking the bible is clear it's clear about using our mind and resting on god's knowledge that in turn gives us knowledge and discernment so you can go to scripture you've been, you've been quoting some i mean look at proverbs fourteen fifteen. it says the simple believes everything but the prudent gives thoughts to his steps the biblical stance is is it's really don't be right. a, don't be a sucker don't be gullible okay and you need to resist falling into that that way of thinking and 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 replace it with careful biblical thinking that is what we if as believers in the right. in the faith we have to hold to that well, and, go ahead fin- finish your thought cuz i i got something off of that okay and and just real quick i you know, First Thessalonians five twenty one. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. I mean, yeah. The context of that, we know it was talking about prophecies, but you clearly say, it, it, you clearly see. Yep. Test everything. 
don't just yep. don't just let someone waltz in on you know into your church and and start spewing things that sounds really they sound really positive and really good. You have to test these things from our pastors, the books that they suggest, the music that you listen to. Test it. That means thinking. That means using your mind, getting to scripture, and dissecting scripture in the proper context. Mm-hmm. So it's all it all relates back to to thinking, you know. And when we have to, when we're in a confrontation, I mean, it, it yeah. is a tool to help us through a, a a back and forth with somebody. Because if if you can't dissect a a, a situation using scripture. And the applications that come from scripture, you know, we, you got a problem defending the faith, really. So, yeah. And uh, I, I want to piggyback off of something you said just a few minutes ago. And I want to kind of um, really hammer this idea, this concept that uh, we do not give up our intelligence. Um, and this is surveyed throughout church history. Uh, and we're talking church history from the time of the ascension of Jesus all the way through modern day. The apostle Paul uh, had the equivalent, I think of like three doctorates in today's world. And he was like maybe 25 or 30 years old when this like achievement happened. Um, the early church was, were able to speak multiple languages and they understood the promise of Christ and preached that to the world. Then you jump all the way to the Reformation where you have, you know, the Lutherans uh, and the, and the Reformed circles coming about. And you've got Luther, Calvin and Knox all able to speak their own language plus Hebrew plus Greek and read Latin. I mean, who in their right mind today can do such a thing like that? I mean, there's, there's people out there. Sure. But it's, it's such a small circle. And and I'm not saying being able to speak multiple languages means you're more intelligent than somebody else, but it does have a big emphasis on, on how you think across multiple spectrums, because not only can you understand for, you know, like us English, but you can read Greek and Hebrew. And so your ability is now far more different than the average person. And, And I'm not saying that every Christian has to go and learn Greek or Hebrew. Uh, I mean, you could just get a copy of Logos and, parse your own Greek words without actually ever having to read Greek. But it's what to me, it's like those who are in the power of uh, the office of pastor or bishop or deacon or whatever denomination you want to claim to be in and whatever position they have language is beneficial because now you can go to the original text and say, this is what it means. And more so beyond that, you know, language helps us to understand historical narratives based upon what was actually written versus uh, reading it in English and then taking somebody's translation or somebody's commentary and building our conclusion from it. We can go to the original language and say, does this line up with this? Yes or no. And so, it, you know, when we, we get into this wonderful world called contextual criticism, and we start to dig into, you know, is the Bible real? Is it really truly historical? Are the manuscripts that we have uh, accurate? Do they paint us this big, big picture? Uh, you know, and are they truthful? Do they have any discrepancies? And 
within this realm of study, which I mean, we could probably do a hundred podcast episodes just on contextual criticism. But but in this framework, it, it continues to prove over and over the historical evidences of Scripture, and and it's funny because. Those, again, we come back to Romans 1, those outside of Christ want to suppress the truth. And so, you know, they will go and say, well, uh, Homer's Iliad had, uh, you know, so many more uh, pieces of literature that we, we have. But if you actually look at the dating, they come hundreds of years after him. And, and okay, let's say we have 900 or, or 9,000 copies that came 900 years after him or whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. The Bible has over 57,000 manuscript copies. And, and I think actually now, last count I looked a couple months ago, it was like 64,000. Yeah. That's it's, just the New Testament. Yeah. Are you, I mean, you can't dispute the truth that's in your face, but it's the fact that they will suppress it and say, well, you know, there's discrepancies and there's, you know, obscurities and yeah, they go, they go to the whole, you know, uh, the Bible contradicts yeah. it, itself, right. You know, discrepancies, like you said, but I mean, you know, and it, you have the earliest manuscript, I think, you know, it's like 50 years or something like after Christ, I believe. Um, I, I mean, in ta- that's not that long at all well so, we could <clears throat> yeah so i think the earliest manuscript is like either p52 or p49 Christ is the cure nick has got oh yeah uh, a whole bunch just tons of information on on the manuscripts um and i'm just spitballing this off the top of my head from what i remember and it's one of those two manuscripts and i think it came around uh i think the earliest one we have is like 90 to 110 maybe Hmm. Um, now that I'm going to go on a rabbit hunt and find this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, these, these people that want to have these kinds of conversations and debates really, um, mm-hmm. you know, you can tell them all this, all this information about mm-hmm. how many manuscripts mm-hmm. we have and, um, you know, show them the proof that, I mean, there are, I think there's something like 2.6 million pages of biblical text. I mean, but they won't go research it. They they will stay in their own uh, just mm-hmm. their own folly and dis and, and non belief, in, instead of taking the time. And here you're you're in a debate and you're having a conversation. You're saying, yeah. "Look yeah. here, look at this." They won't they won't use their mind. They they won't think about it. They won't go off, uh, and and do the research themselves. And who knows, truth might be revealed to them if they would just simply go and use their brain mm-hmm. instead of fighting about uh, these indis- these yeah. uh, discrepancies and these contradictions that they think are there, but they're not. If they would just. Exactly. Hey, yeah. And, and I have to come back and backtrack. I did. Uh, I was a little wrong, which is normal. I, I am human. <laughs> so it, it's common, but it's P90 it? and P104, which are the two oldest manuscripts Right. Uh, they contain the gospel of Matthew. Uh, they have some John. verses in uh, chapter 21 and P P 90 has the gospel of John, John chapter right. 18, verse 36 through 19, seven. And here's the kicker. So uh, have you like done any like historical uh, reads into the new Testament, like the backgrounds and stuff of the book? Oh yeah. Of the Bible. Yeah. Yep. 
So you would you would know that um, a lot of these books we we would say were like written circa fifty or sixty A.D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Around that time, we don't really have a, a you know an accurate depiction of what uh, you know the actual manuscript is or anything like that. But these two manuscripts were dated to the late fifties and early sixties. Mm, yeah. So these come 25, 30 years after the life of Jesus. Oh, I was off too. And yeah. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I mean, it just, it's like, it just floors me to, to think that oftentimes we find ourselves uh, kind of in this mix where we want to, uh, we want to claim some sort of truth or some sort of knowledge uh, that has really no relevance on anything. Yeah. Those are great points. And, and, and and to kind of close this out here, I, I, I think about this as a Christian, we put our faith in Christ. We are submitting ourselves, our lives to Christ. We are saying, Christ, you own us. You own me. My life is yours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think back to when I decided to become a musician, I'll Mm -hmm. use that as an example. I spent every single day, my every waking minute, how can I hone my craft? How can I become a better musician? How can I, uh, I I would invest in, 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 in music courses and in music theory and in taking, guitar lessons, bass lessons, uh, you know, right down to mm-hmm. honing my craft as a songwriter, just, just hours upon hours, day after day, year after year after year, just investing in it to become richer and smarter about it and uh, to accomplish the goal of, you know, getting, landing a record deal. And, and that's all I could think about. And, and, and that's what I did. I invested all my time into, into this thing that I just loved and was my possession. It, it was my idol. So I put faith in Christ mm-hmm. and that is, I put faith in Christ and that's all I want to do now is I want to learn the things of God. Yeah. I want to grow my relationship. I want him to reveal things. You know, I want to be able to think through and defend our faith. So I don't understand how anybody could go to go to church on Sunday, just kick their feet back and just pick and choose what they want to listen to. You know, it's the worship music or, okay, I'll, you know, this, this sermon, I'm just going to get it from the pastor and then I'm good the rest of the week and just re- cycle, cycle it on, yep. you know, repeat. And, and that's it. And they don't want to take the time to learn about contextual criticism, about, you know, where our faith came from, getting deep into scripture and learning how to dissect the text, proper hermeneutics. And I mean, yep. I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get that. And, you know, as believers, that is something we should want to be able to, to do mm-hmm. something that. We should invest in, invest our time, you know, but instead we want to invest our time in listening to Christian worship music and that's Mm -hmm. how we get fed. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, Mm -hmm. that doesn't cut it. I'm sorry. That does not cut it, especially the type of Christian music that's out um, today. So um, is there anything else you want to uh, tackle? You want to uh, add on to this portion, this this section, Mm -hmm. and then we'll move on to, uh, you know, Christians that don't 
apply some critical thinking, uh, you know, especially the ones on, yeah. on social media. No, I think, you know, again, like you said, it's just, we could do so much and have such deep conversations that surround, uh, topics, uh, that are of people that are not believers. I mean, it's really easy to do that. Uh, and I think if I, if I remember correctly, you wanted to get into, uh, conversation on the lack of knowledge from believers is that true yeah i i, I want to look at as brothers and sisters in christ when we get into these you know whether it's in in person conversation debate or if it's right. on social media you you come across somebody and in and how you should navigate and you use biblical thinking critical it's critical thinking but from a biblical standpoint in, in, uh, in, in these kinds of debates and arguments and conversations, and they shouldn't be arguments mm-hmm. um, at, at all. You know, and for example, the whole John MacArthur said you could take the mark of the beast and be saved, and, you know, they, they, they go based off of a video or, or something that they see posted. Instead of going to the source, that's mm-hmm. what I did. I went to GTY, and they pointed me to an article, and they explained the context. Here we go. Context of his response yeah. came from a question. So, um, you know, and, and, and this is the problem. People don't want to apply these these types of of critical thinking skills and and I think there is and I saw it at, there's a resource online and if I find it I'll post it on um, that actually talked about specifically about like there's this critical <laughs> thinking checklist yeah. it's it's pretty cool and you know what are we to do when we're in a conversation and they say well wait a minute you know Paul actually said this and I believe this is what he meant and this is what he was getting after really you know well no you're presenting your own view based on your own feelings so it's it's not what the verse means to you what does it mean in context and and what is paul saying who is he saying it to the the complete context of 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 what you're reading and what what are we supposed to do we we start with we we go to scripture we start with god's word it's the authority of truth mm-hmm. yeah and and that reveals everything mm-hmm. that we what are reading. What does God's word say? Right. What does God's word say? And what is what is that? Yep. Right? Hermeneutics. There you go. <laughs> Check scripture. It's what, it's what we've talked about a number of times on this show. and On and on. You know, yep. It, it's always a hot topic because uh, people are offended when you say, no, it, the scripture isn't about isn't written about you. It was written for you. And and in that framework, you can say, okay, I'm not the original intended audience for this scripture. Uh, I was actually watching a sermon this morning and uh, it was, um, I can't think of his name, but he was preaching on Jeremiah 29, 11 and how every Christian loves to put that in their bio. Uh, God's going to give them so many wonderful blessings in life and yada, yada, yada. Well, you were not, a Israelite in Babylonian captivity. So how do you reconcile that text then? Well, this text was written about these individuals, but it was written for us because there are promises that are included in that. And I think sometimes people don't like the idea that uh, the promises often described are, are not materialistic and they want the materialistic uh, stuff. They, they want 
to feel like they're, you know, uh, they're doing good and, and everything is great and lovely, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, like you said, it, it really goes back to hermeneutics and, and how you're reading what you're reading and, and, and thinking through mm-hmm. exactly um, as you're reading the text, thinking through what are they saying? Who are they saying it to? And taking into uh, into consideration, you know, the time, the place. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, you and you get a lot actually from if you read the the background on um, on each book of the Bible. It really helps you to kind of uh, think through these things and, and dissect scripture uh, without getting into claim it. I'm claiming this. I'm claiming prophecy, yeah. and I'm claiming healing. Mm-hmm. Um, those I types. declare. <laughs> right, right. I, you know, mm-hmm. it's just you're reading is such a uh, when you read it like that. You're just, you're missing no. you're missing the point of of what scripture is trying to convey uh, to the belief to the believer. Yep. Yeah, and that's you know it's it's a tragedy that we we face as Christians because uh, I, I just think overall um, we have been expected to essentially dumb down our thinking. We we have made it a comment that we no longer have to be critical thinking uh, when it comes to understanding the, the text and, and the layout and all that. We can just, uh, we can ignore it now because it doesn't matter anymore. We can move on from our lives and just uh, believe in whatever quote unquote fairy tale comes to head because, you know, who cares, right? And, and I think what, you know, it, it's really troubling to me um, when we, we start to dig into uh, just the, like, what are the fundamentals of the Christian faith? And I, I would venture to say if we, if, you know, turn turn to the state of theology. That's a report Ligonier does every couple of years. And in this report, uh, there's a series of questions. The last one they did was in 2020. And you can go and you can do a full deep dive into um, it looks like 35 of their questions. Um, and you can break it down by uh, makeup of people, you know, like uh, what's their financial status or educational status. You know, how much uh, do they truly know all of that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. And like one of these questions is, was Jesus a good teacher or Jesus was a good teacher, but he was not God. And of re- of professing Christians, 52% would agree with that statement and only 36 would disagree. Would o- yeah. only 36 would disagree? And uh, right, let me make sh- let me make sure. And are these are oh, hold on here. This is U.S. adult respondents, so that's just general adults, whether they believe or not. The evangelical response. Okay, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Are, are, are a little bit better. The thirty percent agree, but this is again evangelical. Thirty mm-hmm. percent of you listening, probably not you listening. You 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 have you know good good ears. Yeah, yeah, um, but sixty six percent disagree, and. You know, there's there's a, always a group that's not sure. 
Um, I would say this, you know, if just using that number 30%, I mean, the thing is if the 30% of the folks are getting their, their theology and doctrine from, from churches or uh, that mm-hmm. don't preach truth, that don't dig in, then they're not biblically sound churches, then, then that's the product you're going to get because you can go listen to a message and you can walk away feeling great. The thing to ask is, is, is it, is it biblical? How does it, how does it align with scripture? Is it a clear teaching from mm-hmm. scripture, this message? Okay. And another great question, this isn't my question. I, this is actually um, off this particular site was, does it conflict with the way most Christians have interpreted mm-hmm. the Bible for thousands of years? And just think yeah. about where we are today. Because that is never looked upon. You know why? Because because what we have going on today is that well, those the man, those yeah. people. It's a different culture. This is today's culture: mm-hmm. genderless, you know, pro homosexuality, pro transgender. You know, right on down the list. Not just those things. Pro, yeah. you know, adultery. You know, yeah. I mean, right on down the list. All all sins are equal. But so they don't want to. They don't want to do. They don't want to hear anything. Uh, you know, with respect to how did the prior prior saints, church fathers, the apostles, you know, they don't want to hear how uh, th- does it conflict mm-hmm. or does it not conflict with with what they believe because they will stand convicted. Yeah. They they will stand, you know, feeling convicted, and they don't want they don't want to feel that way. Yeah, and it's really it's really disheartening to read this these reports um the holy spirit gives new life or the holy spirit gives spiritual new birth and or new life to a person who has faith in jesus christ in 2016 62 percent of the people that evangelicals that were surveyed agreed with that statement the the holy spirit gives spiritual new life or a new birth to a person who has faith in jesus in 2018, that increased to 63%. So that's a good thing. But in 2020, yeah. it decreased to 57%. And and how and how many people? And then so, there's so yeah, the other, 30% strongly disagree. 5% somewhat disagree. And 8% are not sure. And this is based upon uh, the 2020 markings. Uh, Yep. That's evangelicals. Modern science disproves the Bible. In 2018, 25% agree. In 2020, 17% agree. So that's a good change. But (laughs) here's, here's the kicker. Good old smiling Joe. This is his motif. Uh, Everyone sins a little, but most people are good by nature. 2016, 54% evangelicals agreed with that statement. In 2020, it is 46% agree with that statement. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's so funny because, you know, we, you hear these people make those kinds of, you know, these, those kinds of sayings and platitudes mm-hmm. and and what have you, and again, I, I would say you know using your head, where where are we supposed to check 
and weigh what somebody like Biden or Olstein or anybody else, Oprah, because that sounds like something Oprah would say. Mm-hmm. People are generally good and good nature. Why would a loving God right, send, yeah, to send somebody who is mm-hmm. to hell? So, you know, if you are a professing Christian, and think about what that means. If any, if anybody who isn't a believer or, or you know, they sit in the church of, of Warren and Olstein say, <laughs> listening to this, why wouldn't yeah. you check the Bible, which is our source, and see if what this individual is saying is credible? Okay, why? Because if you're a Christian, the faith belongs to God, not to Olstein or MacArthur or anybody else. So I'm, I say across mm-hmm. the board, check it, check it against Scripture, right? Yep. So, you know, I, I, I think people they they don't I don't understand it. They don't they don't want to become knowledgeable of 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 the thing that saves them, and and that is yeah. something we should strive to do. You know. Uh, you know, and checking definitions that are thrown out there, even, you know, these, these, these things that are in different sermons, I mean, check for, you know, is, is it just, you know, is it, is it propaganda Right, is another checkpoint here. Check for propaganda, you know, um, you know, so, I mean, if what you're hearing, does it sound right? Does it sound true? Yeah. And, and, and weigh it. Yeah. And that's, and that's like the the biggest like fundamental aspect to all of it is is can you put this under the lens of scripture and determine whether it's true or false? And again, you can't accept truth in the essence of it being subjective because it's it's not. And there are numerous right. accounts showing that it's not. And we just have to learn how to get away from that because at the end of the day, we are going to have, we're already in it, in my opinion, a cataclysmic problem. I mean, we have, uh, we have major issues on our, on our hands here with, in regards to the knowledge being sent uh, throughout the church. And it's, it's troubling because we don't, have pastors and preachers in the pulpit who are capable of uh, teaching and edifying their congregation. They just continue to essentially wallow in despair and the people are drowning in their sin. Yeah, there are very few pastors that will stand up to uh, the government to uh, worldly ideologies. Uh, you know, there are very, very few godly, strong pastors, and the ones that are, it's, you know, they are. You hear the you hear this younger generation saying that, uh, you know, you know they call them old men or or just you know antiquated, uh, whatever it is, and you know they're. They're not, they're not even checking. They're not even validating any of the garbage that they're being fed, and they're preaching against against God's word. And and so much of what you know you see and you hear from those types of folks, it it just it completely lacks logic and rages against the things in Scripture. But they don't want to open right. up and, and yeah, look at they Scripture. Want to, uh, 
they want to balk at it. And, and again, it comes back to this notion that uh, truth is subjective. It's my own truth. It's whatever I want it to be. And so therefore it's going to be that, um, you know, and, and that's, that's the, the, the fight with Christianity. And, and this is where I, I come back to kind of this, you know, maybe doom and gloom aspect to it. You know, if I'm preaching in my church and I have people who come in week after week and they hear the gospel, then they should have faith because that's how faith is given, as Paul tells us in Romans 10. And, and I'm going to, and I experienced this in the last couple of years, but I know there's going to be a, a range of knowledge, that, you know, across the church. I mean, it's just common. Everybody's going to, some people are going to be smarter than others. Others are going to have, you know, maybe just a more basic understanding. But the truth really centers itself around if we can't proclaim the essentials of our faith because we don't know them and we've never taken the time to to learn them, then do we really have faith in in Christ or do we have faith in in our works to make it to Christ? Again, it's just, just it all goes back to thinking and being biblically literate. Understanding how to read scripture, uh, you know. Do you would you pick up a book, Alex? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, Moby Dick, whatever. And would and would you would you just read a one particular paragraph and 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 ignore the you know ten paragraphs before and after? No, I mean, we, I mean, we don't do that when we right. read literature in anything. <laughs> I, I just don't understand Christians that. Somehow, you know, I could do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That's that's and their, that's their, yeah. you know that's that's, that's a mantra. Their mantra. Like, well, it, and I think social media doesn't yeah. help because it gives everybody a voice and everybody a platform. And um, and, and let, let's be honest, uh, there's people that should not be running ministry pages on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, there's people who should not have a podcast. There's people who should not be doing YouTube videos. Are you talking to me? Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> Please, dude. Sometimes I think I'm like, man. No, there's there's individuals like um, I'm not going to name bomb anybody, but there's a certain individual on YouTube uh, that put a video or put a post up on Instagram a couple of weeks ago um, saying that Luther was not the first reformer and that Luther really was just, you know, uh, I mean, he was just bashing Luther. Okay, great. Not everybody likes Luther. But the premise of the text was to say that the Baptist theology was here long before Luther was. And Luther is just an obscure, terrible figure in church history that we should ignore completely. I mean, he's so saturated in this biased Baptist theology that he doesn't open his eyes to see real church history. And so I made a few comments on his post. I was like, are you going to actually uh, reveal true history? Like, are you going to actually go and, and, and read uh, books about Luther and books that Luther wrote so you can understand his theology better? Or are you just going to sit back here 500 years in the future and take pot shots at somebody who can't defend themselves? And, and then I'm not saying that, that you should be, you know, not critical of anybody because everything should be put, as we've mentioned a hundred times on the show, put under the light of the scripture. If, if Luther was right or Calvin was right or Knox was right or Zwingli or whoever during that time period, if they were right, then everything should reflect under scripture. 
And, you know, I've had great conversations with Baptist friends and, and Presbyterian friends and non-denominational friends and Anglicans and, you know, all sorts of people. And we all have different hermeneutics. We all have a different way to read and apply scripture. They're not wrong inherently, but they can be made wrong if we don't, uh, you know, focus on the original context of scripture. I mean, you can, there, there's different layers to the hermeneutical process and, you can kind of get above the foundation and then start to go in different directions and it still be okay. As long as it's being retained within the original context, for instance, the, the verse you quoted, I can do all things in Christ. What is Paul saying here? Well, Paul's writing this letter in prison and he's saying that in my weakness, I am strong. Not that I can fly or play sports really good or, you know, I'm really, really smart at calculus or whatever it may be. It is that in his weakness, in the moments of his utmost suffering and persecution, Paul knows he has strength given to him by God. And and, and so you can take right. that, okay, how do I apply that to my life? Well, when I am in a midst of grief or suffering, I know that Christ will strengthen me. That's how you apply the verse. And you don't, you don't, put it on your football helmet and be like, I'm going to get 65 sacks and, you know, the first three games of the season because right. I could do all right. things through Christ. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's important to, 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 to remember, I mean, even with, even with Paul and Peter, I mean, in, in, in all the apostles, they were, they were, they were still men. They were, they still battled with sin and, and granted, I mean, those that walked with Christ and, you know, I, they're on a different level as a human, I believe, but but they were still human. They were still yeah, flawed, yeah. J- just as Calvin um, and Luther and, and, and all the different reformers were as well. And a lot of what shaped them was obviously their culture, and 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 they still had issues from growing up in a particular time and place that they had to you know battle things. So none of them are perfect. And um, again, you yeah. you. This goes to look at the body of work overall. And R.C. Sproul said, "Not there's not a single person on this earth other than Christ that walked this earth that had that had perfect theology." Okay, I, and I would probably I don't know what do you say. I, I think the apostles probably fall pretty close to you know because they walked with God. Uh, so, uh, um, so I, I would yeah, I wouldn't exactly. include them either. Um, I'm not saying they were perfect, but but I, I'm saying you know with our, our church. Our, our church, the church fathers, you know, and, and, and right on down. But which, so what you do is you put on your thinking cap and look at their body of work, listen to their messages. And when you, if you start seeing red flags coming up, you, you know, you shouldn't be sitting under that. You shouldn't be listening to it. Okay. And granted, I'm not, you know, there, there mm-hmm. are plenty of pastors that, yep. that, that they're monotone, they're this or that. And you, you know, you don't listen to them. That's fine. Doesn't mean they're, you know, or, or they're stronger in, in their speech, like Paul Washer or John MacArthur. But don't make them out to be wolves, based on based on you know something you saw on YouTube or whatever. You know, check the propaganda, man. You know, ch- check the yep. source of what you're hearing, and use some. If you're going to get into a discussion with a, with a fellow believer, man, think through what the other person's saying, just as you should. You know. They should do the same, and and kind of, and you have to navigate it. You have to. So, um, 
anyway, yep. hey man, it's been a great yep. conversation. We're at the fifty-three minute mark, so we'll we'll put a yeah. we'll put a lid on this today. Uh, I think I think the overall you know message there are ways to 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 think critically. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're in situations, you know, start with the source scripture, and you know, weigh everything weigh everything against it. You know, that's what I would say in closing. What, what do you got closing? I, yeah, I think it's pretty spot on. Um, I think we just need, as people need, need to take a step back from social media. Uh, we need to take a deep breath from the technology that's, you know, in our face all the time and, and open the Bible and just read of God's word. And, and you will build such a profound understanding of scripture. If you just take, a little bit of time every day and read what God has written. And you just walk yourself through a book in the New Testament uh, or, or a particular book in the Old Testament, a study if you want or whatever it is. But take the time and just read and take the time and just absorb that and do that stuff over and over again. Yeah. Because repetition will build into your memory and you'll be able to then say, oh, well, yeah, I can quote you this and that, and this is actually what Jesus says, and that verse doesn't make sense in the way you're trying to use it. And so you build discernment, and you can look for red flags in these popular Christian ministries and say, wow, that doesn't make sense at all. Yes. And and and, and here's the other thing, too. Uh, pick up some books. You know, pick up some theology books outside of the Bible that talk about the Bible. Um Pick up books that are written by opposing denominations. You know, if you're a Baptist, pick up a Presbyterian. Or guess what? I, this is a shell shocker for some of you. Pick up a Lutheran book. Not all Lutheran books, because not all Lutherans are Lutherans. Yeah. But go to Luther and read what he wrote. Go to uh, R.C. Sproul and read what he wrote. Go to Charles Spurgeon and go to John Calvin and John Knox and read what they actually wrote and the fights that they took on. And you'll build such a profound knowledge of theology that, you know, you'll be able to discern all sorts of stuff. And and so I challenge you, if you are of a of any particular denomination or non-denomination, find books that would be opposed to your views. For instance, uh, if you're a credo-baptist, pick up books that are paleo-baptist. Uh, pick up books that are going to talk about infant baptism. Mm-hmm. If you're strictly credo, uh, if you are of the Zwingli camp and you think uh, that Jesus is more of a representation in the Lord's Supper, go and read Luther and and get a get the insight to why Luther thinks that Jesus is bodily present in the bread and wine. It doesn't hurt to pick up an opposing view of our theology and read it because that will only strengthen you or make you even question your, your initial beliefs and allow you to perceive something much more profound that you never even thought about. Yeah. And obviously with the Christ, the Christian essentials are the, the essentials of our faith, you know, that's in stone across the board um, as a believer, but uh, you know, with, with other aspects in the secondary and tertiary, certainly, you know, get, look at the different, um, what you exactly what you're saying, the different people, different books, uh, different, uh, you know, how they're coming at a, a particular topic, doctrine, uh, creeds and confessionals, very, very important. Read those um, and, and apply some some critical thinking because that's the overall overarching message here and what we're talking about is um, 
is, you know, we want to encourage critical thinking through topics, discussions online and 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 going to the source, going to scripture and just don't proof text, you know, look at look at it critically with respect to, uh, you know, uh, the proper setting, hermeneutics, who the who, who the message is to, how do we take application? All these things. There, there's so many mm-hmm. great resources out there um, regarding that, and, and 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 you know, have a good, healthy, honest conversation, respectful of one another, and and, and not insulting and and demeaning. You know, somebody who might not specifically agree with a particular view that you have. Um, yeah. And I would also encourage people to to look at um, the Jewish culture and mm-hmm. the the times, the what they their their what they observed, their traditions. Because Jesus was Jewish; he didn't stop being Jewish. He was Jewish. Yep. He was the perfect yep. Jew. Exactly. Uh, all, you know, Amen to the that. Bible is Jewish through and through. So when we have a better understanding, I think Scripture comes to life. Um, that, I'm just scratching the surface. Um, in, in, I have a Jewish Bible, and but I, I, I think that's very, an, an important thing to, to look at. So we're going to lock this down. Uh, we appreciate you. We're a matter of truth. You can find us on um, Instagram uh, and uh, other social media platforms. We we appreciate you taking the time to listen and support uh, this podcast. Continue to do so. Um, so I want to say God bless and thanks for listening. God bless. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex ultra soft tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex ultra soft tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.